Jimmy, who are all these elves delivering bags of popcorn? <laughs> You're talking about the elves on the shelves here, yeah. Yes. I think they, they hire these guys really cheap at Christmas. Oh, so the, the cinema's just decked out with Christmas uh, paraphernalia, elves. You bet it is. Actually, we went to um, Kingston Cinema um, like two or three weeks ago, and yeah, in Amsterdam, the Christmas stuff oh, was God. overwhelming, enormous tree. Yeah, they've really, really gone for it. Christmas is everywhere, increasingly, all the time. Right after Halloween, it's Christmas. Yeah, that's something I've noticed in this country only fairly recently, that it's Halloween now is the gatekeeper for Christmas. Oh, wow. Exactly. It's, mm. it's first of November, and that's it. It all comes out. It's all kind of very coordinated. And then there are the Christmas films. Why? Why? But, that, but then you know, Christmas films aren't just for Christmas these days. A Christmas film is not just for Christmas. <laughs> isn't, there not, isn't there a Christmas movie channel? I think we have a Christmas movie channel in the UK. Oh, God, no. Surely there must be something similar in the US. Well, and it, 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 it's a channel that exists year round. I think so, yeah. Oh it, just, it just shows Christmas movies all year round. Oh, my God. I mean, the thing that gets me is, yeah, why, why, why are there so many Christmas movies? Because we don't see, you know, Easter movies mm. so much. You know, or um, you know, Thanksgiving movies, particularly. I mean, certainly not in the UK. Mm-hmm. You know, or summer holiday movies. I mean, yeah, that's a thing that exists, but you know, no one's got a channel full of them. Yeah. Christmas movies are, you know, by far and away the most prevalent, um, temporarily related theme of film. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I, I have a theory. I know. I bet you have a theory as well. Tell me your theory. Mine's, mine's short. Uh, because capitalism. <laughs> Oh, God damn, that is my theory as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Elaborate, please. <laughs> it's all about producing product to sell. Um, in the United States now, we talk about the shopping season, uh, which is basically Thanksgiving to Christmas, but it's part of the economy is the shopping season. Um, but I think it's just like creating toys, creating something that people can buy. Um, and I think I think it's changed a little bit because I think there was a mall component previously where Chris, you'd go to see a Christmas movie at a mall and then you'd do some shopping. Uh-huh. Um, now, um, you know, we're buying more online. So it's not surprising that Amazon has a Christmas movie. So you'd go to Amazon Prime to watch a, a classic, an instant classic like Your Christmas or Mine. <laughs> and then you'd probably stay on Amazon to buy some crap. So I think it's just about having more and more product to get people to buy and more and more stuff. But what's your theory? Well, mine is capitalism with a very slightly different flavor. It's a kind of, yeah, a Marxist reading of Christmas movies. <laughs> um, I think I mean, the idea of movies is, you know, things have to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have to do a movie about um, some time of the year where, where people can all get together and they can either argue or they can fall in love or they can have an adventure or they can try and rush to get to some place because they need to be in a place for like, a certain time. Yeah. You know, there's a clicking, a ticking clock and you've got to be arriving, you know, in, in the family house in time for Christmas to all eat the dinner. Um, and uh, my my kind of uh, observation of this is that because films are about um things that happen to people mm. christmas is a great time when things can happen to people because everybody's got a very brief period off work we're all off work together you can see your family or your friends events can happen mm. um, in a way that they can't happen during the other 50 weeks of the year because you should be working yeah i think it's emphasizing this notion that life is this thing that happens when you're not working mm. When you are working, you're not living, you're not alive, you are simply producing. So it's important that you produce for, you know, the oligarchs or the landowners or the wealthy or, you know, the owners of the means of production. 
Um, so it's impossible for a story to happen during the other 50 weeks of the year because you're too busy working. If a story is going to happen, it's going to happen during these Christmas two weeks, which is your brief period away from the office or away from the factory. Um, so I think it's it's a symptom of an underlying feeling that life is about work and any other bits of life have to be squeezed in in between work. I think that's why Christmas movies happen, because Christmas is the only time when there's enough time for things to happen in people's lives. Oh, that's brilliant. Whereas if we if we all, um, yeah, if we all just kind of worked part time, yeah. apparently I must have told you this before, medieval man apparently only worked about 1000 hours a year. Ooh. Whereas a 40 hour week is 2000 exactly. hours a year. So yeah. medieval medieval humans worked half as much as we did. Yeah which is why they had so much time for folk music and mm. writing poems and putting on yeah. plays. Yeah. I think your theory is an invitation for the Marxist bots to start contacting us. <laughs> I, it's, I, I, I'm not sure there are very many Marxist bots, strangely. <laughs> I'm sure in this day and age there have to be some, and I look forward to welcoming, <laughs> welcoming them to the Two Real Cinema Club. The algorithm will find us somehow. So, okay. So, have you got have you got any famous favorite Christmas movies? What are your famous favorite? Believe, Considering there's so many yeah. blooming Christmas movies, they fill a whole channel with them. What are your favorite Christmas movies? Okay, I will. The short answer is: we just did a long pod on "It's a Wonderful Life," which is hands down the best. Um, but your children, <clears throat> who shall not be named, <laughs> don't think it's a Christmas movie. Um, but here's what I learned when I just even started thinking about this. I hate Christmas, and the stories where it's going to be canceled are the ones that are exciting to me. I realize this about oh. myself. Or the ones that are going to be horribly go horribly wrong. So um, things like uh, – I'm going to start with some animated classics and some um, stop-motion animation stuff. Um, I love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 1964. Oh, I haven't seen that. Year Without a Santa Claus from 1974. Uh, I love the Charlie Brown Christmas, um, which um, completely passed me by. Is um, uh, accompanied by a great Vince Guaraldi score, so the music in that one's fantastic as well. Um, did I mention? Oh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which is a Dr. Seuss story, nineteen sixty-six, not uh, the thing with Jim Carrey in the early two thousands. Um, it's an animated version from nineteen sixty-six. Yeah, yeah. So those are, uh, I mean, those are one, two, three, maybe four animated or stop motion. Um, I my wife was watching Elf the other night, which is uh, Will Ferrell from two thousand three, which is actually pretty funny and, and a pretty good story. And um, and then the last one I'll mention quickly is uh, Home for the Holidays, which is nineteen ninety five. It's an interesting film. It's actually sort of more of a Thanksgiving, but it does include Christmas as well. Um, film directed by Jodie Foster, um, written by this guy named W. D. Richter who wrote um, Buckaroo Banzai. And it, the cast ah. we were talking about casting how it can make such a big difference. Um, I'll read some names to you. Holly Hunter, Anne Bancroft, mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr., mm -hmm. Charles Durning, Dylan McDermott, Claire Danes, Steve Gutenberg, Geraldine Chaplin, and David Strathairn. Um, My God, what an incredible cast. Yeah. It's and unbelievable. It's, it's just, and it's just about holiday going wrong, and I just love that. So uh, the theme for me is it's better if, if Christmas is uh, under threat or just a uh, disaster and um, – I love a lot of the animated stuff, and then those two are uh, those two live action ones are um, uh, a couple, couple of my favorites. Really, I really love Home for the Holidays and It's a Wonderful Life. But tell me, uh, you've got cheerier choices that your whole family enjoys. Uh, not so humbuggy from me, I think. Mm. But um, uh, I've, I've assembled like a you know a top three. There's some that didn't make it. There's yeah. um, 
a Nightmare Before Christmas, which is kind of mm-hmm. more about Halloween than Christmas, yeah, really. But right. it's a Christmas movie. And, and um, I, we watched uh, Coraline for the first time yep. uh, when we were on holiday a few weeks ago. And that's so fantastic. Um, looking back, uh, you know, I want to kind of catch up with all those kind of Henry Selick animated pictures. Yeah. Um, in Bruges, I don't know whether you've seen that, which is which is kind of hitmen go to yeah. go to um, yeah Northern Europe for Christmas. Yeah, um, and the film is uh, it's not quite as clever as I think it thinks it is, but um, you know it's a fun kind of slightly different take on Christmas. Yeah, but yeah, my my Christmas movies are a little bit more upbeat. So I've I've, I've assembled a top three. Okay, um, and uh, number three, while you were sleeping, mm. which is which is also. You know, the, the title of my book about anesthesia that I will probably one day write. But, but <laughs> um, the, the, that set at Christmas. And um, again, you know, why is that so great? It's the cast. It's mm. Sandra Bullock yeah. falls in love with Bill Pullman. Who wouldn't? I love both of those two. Yeah. And Bill Pullman, I think, is a vastly underrated actor. I find him so watchable. Um just great. And you and Sandra Bullock totally gets it. Um, directed by John uh, Turtletaub, yeah. who just come off Cool Runnings, yeah. um, which is another kind of real feel-good comedy, comedy, went on to make the National Treasure pictures. So yeah. I don't know whether uh, that's, maybe that's a blot on his copybook. Mm. National Treasure is like a guilty pleasure in this house. Okay. It's, it's like... Um, you know, it's uh, the Da Vinci Code for stupid people, isn't it? And uh, and the Da Vinci Code isn't particularly clever either. Um, written by um, Frederick Lebeau, uh, who I looked him up. He wrote while he was sleeping and wrote nothing else. Um, <laughs> he's one of those people who appears on on IMDb with basically a single credit. And I was I, I wonder uh, how his career panned out. Was it that he got sick of it or just couldn't get yeah. any other projects made? Um, but that's a lovely comedy and it's quite sweet. Okay. I haven't seen it for many years, so I don't know whether I would watch it again mm. now. And you'll find, as with many of these kind of early 2000s comedies, it turns out it's really shockingly racist or something and, and you know, very embarrassing. But in my memory, it's, you know, it's a perfect little Christmas comedy. Um, number two, very predictable. Uh, I'm going to roll together Die Hard and Die Hard 2, Ooh. both of which, both of which happen at Christmas. Yeah. Um, a basic plot of Die Hard, Bruce Willis kills some people, and then in Die Hard 2, he comes back and he kills some more people. Um, but <laughs> great Christmas sentiment, there, <laughs> written by such superstars. So, um, Die Hard was written by Jeb Stewart, who then uh, did The Fugitive, uh, not long after, which is you know such a great classic. Um, and Stephen D'Souza, who had written Commando and Running Man, and like some of those yeah. real kind of classic, um, cheesy archetypal 80s of action pictures which I still have a tremendous weakness for mm-hmm. and then um, uh, Die Hard 2 also written by Stephen D'Souza but he he um, brought in Doug Richardson who went on to write Bad Boys um, so yeah a great deal of uh, cheesy gags and guys with guns um, but you know what it's set at Christmas yeah. um, <laughs> Die Hard is one of those movies where you know if it comes on TV I will always sit down and watch it till the end um, it's just kind of a little bit irresistible. I can remember when Die Hard was originally reviewed on British television. We might have talked about this before, that um, uh, Barry Norman was like the BBC film reviewer at the time, who was you know, the nation's guru. If Barry Norman gave you a good review, then you were set in the UK. And if he wow. gave you a bad review, nothing could save you. Yeah. And I remember watching his review of Die Hard and he said it was such a shame that Bruce Willis had spent more time working on his muscles than on his character or something like that yeah. um 
which is a shame because you look back and you think, no, actually, you know, the 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 characters in in Die Hard are actually really watchable. Um, so yeah, that was a miss from Barry Norman. He completely he missed the target. Ooh. My number one film there, and I'd be interested to know whether you have seen or even heard of this film. Um, there is a British comedy Christmas film uh, which. Uh, every school child in the country has probably seen 10, 12, 15 times because it is the film that British primary school teachers put on to keep the class quiet in those final few lessons before they break up for Christmas. So I know my children have seen this film at least 10 times. I have only seen it the once, but um, but you know, it holds a special place in my heart because my children know pretty much every line and every gag and every song from the film. The film is called Nativity. Have you heard of it? No, Nativity. So, what year is it? Um, oh, I don't, it's about 2005, I think, something like that. Martin Freeman plays this exasperated primary school teacher who is told to kind of put on a, like a nativity play. Mm-hmm. And he like he writes this kind of new musical and, you know, and none of the kids like really cooperate and they're all getting it wrong. And it's, you know, it's kind of hilarity ensues. Um but it's, you know, it's a very, very sweet film that's become a kind of, like a bit of the national fabric in this country. Mm. I think it will become um, the It's a Wonderful Life yeah. of the future for oh, children yeah. who are primary school age children now because it will have been seen by them so many times. Yeah. Um, it's got, you know, it's a really memorable score. Um, these kind of songs that go through your head again and again. Some good gags. And it's got this um, non-professional cast of school children hmm. it's you know it's like social realism whatever it's like it's like the bicycle thief or something like that it's these kids are just being themselves it's absolutely fantastic hmm. it's you know when you see the kind of the children's scenes you know it's more like a documentary than a, than a comedy or a drama it's just these these little children being themselves is it part of the is it like officially part of the national curriculum or is it uh, just it, something that let me should be <laughs> I, I bet you know, it's, been, it's been read and interpreted more closely by all the children in, in, in this country than, yeah, than To Kill a Mockingbird has. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, um, it's written and directed by Debbie Isitt, um, okay. uh, who had you know previously made some like a little pictures and this kind of sort of made her name. I'm not sure what she's gone on to do. There were two sequels. There was a Nativity 2 and a Nativity 3, mm-hmm. and they did great box office in this country, but... Um, I strongly suspect that it is so peculiarly British it has no international presence okay. at all. Oh well, all right. So I'm guessing you, you, even though you also work as a teacher, hasn't hasn't passed you hasn't uh, passed under your nose. No, I haven't seen it. But um, I have vacation coming up, as you mentioned. Uh, so until we live in a uh, like a, a more Marxist. Uh, uh, culture. Um, I'll have plenty of time to watch uh, your list of three films here, three or four films. I guess you're getting Die Hard one and two in there. Um, yeah, I'll uh, we're, we'll we'll have plenty of time to watch some films over the break. Okay, yeah, we're getting a quick a Christmassy spirit. Yeah, <laughs> I think you've done a better job probably of getting into the spirit than I have. But uh, you've gone to the humbug. Film film will help me find a way. Film film will help me. I think. <laughs> Yeah, well, if nothing else, at least you get to see Bruce Willis kill people. Yeah, that's that's the Christmas spirit for you. <laughs> well, I think the elves have, the elves have come up with the popcorn. Here we go. All right, we should, that's we should eat that popcorn. Yeah.